It's the show after the show. This is the After 9 Podcast with Scott and Kat. Hello. Hello, Chris. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Good. I'm well, thank you. Chris, it's Scott and Kat from 91.5 The Beat. Thank you for letting us slide into your DMs. You sent us an interesting screenshot of a conversation you were having. Can you walk yeah. us through kind of what's going on there? Absolutely. So, um, that was on a popular uh, gay dating website where, um, you know, it's kind of geared towards, you know, hookups and uh, stuff like that, but as well as other things. Was it Grinder? Yes, it is. Yeah. It's Grinder. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, now, um, this screenshot was actually sent to your boyfriend, who you're with now, but at the time he was on Grinder looking. Exactly. Okay. So we kind of bonded. Uh, we met on Grinder, um, and we kind of bonded in the beginning by talking about some of the most bizarre um, messages and pictures and propositions that we were getting uh, from the site because it's quite funny what you can uh, find sometimes. Okay. So this was one of his uh, highlights that he got. Okay, that's where we're going to read the messages. Kat, if you could please describe what Chris sent in. Okay. So. <laughs> His boyfriend says, what brings you on? This unknown male replies, I want to call people and talk dirty. And then continues to submit a photograph. He then replies with, I can see that you searched for normal guy selfies. (laughs) So in the photo the guy sent, he actually Googled normal guy selfies, not realizing he screenshotted the Google search along with a photo of some rando online. Yeah. Yeah. Was he an abnormal guy and needed to portray a normal guy? Why would he do that? I have absolutely no idea, but it is uh, quite a common thing, definitely, to get um, incorrect screenshots of other people. But for it to be, uh, you know, captioned right in the photo and for, for this person to not realize that was uh, was one of the highlights. We were loving that. Oh, my gosh. You know, I feel for anyone who has to, who's de- dealt with something like that before and has done the online or the app-related dating because you really never know what you're getting at first. At least, though, at least your boyfriend knew this guy was a write-off right off the bat, right? Exactly. And yeah, he's an absolutely. idiot. Yeah. Like, is it he just an idiot? Along a little bit, too, I think, just uh, just for the fun of it. But it was a quick, quick no-show. No I'm going to assume that he did not participate in the Dirty Talk phone call? <laughs> no, there was no Dirty Talk to be had. <laughs> How long have you been with your boyfriend now, Chris? Uh, just about a year. Just over a year. Favorite station every morning. Awesome. 91.5 The Beat. Did I really just forget that melody? How often are you late? Or are you never late? I'm really never late. You're pretty punctual. Pretty punctual, yeah. You know, one in three people admit they're late for work at least once a month. Really? Okay. One in three are late at least once a month. And it's never their fault. I mean, it's always traffic, subway closures in Toronto, uh, bus delays, kids' school drop off goes longer, or someone's sick, or you got to. Random job actions. Right. (laughs) (laughs) There's been none of those lately. Sure. Okay. Okay, so I thought that was scary. One in three people are late at least once a month. 16% are late at least once a week. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty high percentage of people that at least one out of five days is going to stroll in late. Everyone listening right now is thinking about their own office and 
immediately when you said that pinpointed somebody. We all know somebody who's never there on time. And if it was, and if you can't, it might be you. <laughs> so what? how long is late? How late do you have to be before they say you're late? <laughs> I don't know, man. Like a couple minutes late is just like, man, who cares? It's a couple minutes. Anything can hold you up for two minutes. I would say like 10 minutes. That might be considered late. They asked bosses, how much wiggle room do you give employees before you consider them late? What did they come up with? Six minutes. <gasps> Six minutes. Yep. Okay. Oh, less than I thought. I thought, if, yeah, if, I was thinking 10. If you're a nine to fiver, for example, that's the stereotype, then 906, if you're not there, they're wondering, okay, what's going on here? Yeah. You're late. Especially if it's constant. Some of the things I think can be forgiven depending on what you do. But if you are supposed to be the one opening a storefront and you're late doing that, that could mean a lack of, that could mean obviously you're losing business. So that should never be okay. But every it, office has got one. Every, every oh, minimum You're one. absolutely right. Minimum one. If I wait until nine o'clock here and flick on the lights and go and take attendance, like old school, if we were in school. Yep. Yep. <laughs> How many would you mark up late? I would probably mark half the staff late that are not here by 9 a.m. We already have a text in. Dave admits I'm late four to five days a week. Dave, do you need to make a lifestyle change? Like maybe leave the house a little earlier, a new alternate form of transportation maybe? Obviously an alarm needs to be adjusted a little bit or maybe something. something. Maybe there's more to it. I don't know. This person says that I have flex hours. So sometimes I show up 15, 30 minutes, but I'll stay longer. Does that make me late? If you have flex hours and your boss is okay with it, then nah, I well, don't think that counts. That's the key if the boss is okay with it. If you just have to work... Uh, seven hours in a day and it doesn't matter when those seven hours are then yeah sure you could roll in at 9 30 and stay till 4 30. i know some people that work from home so what they'll do is once they're logged on that's considered them working from home but they'll log on and then they'll go do the rest of their morning chores or whatever and just leave themselves locked on going out for breakfast nobody can physically <laughs> need to know that they're there but they're logged in and it seems like they're working let's hope they are today i'm working i'm logged in from the sunset grill free wi-fi <laughs> don't call until after 11 <laughs> yeah like you said scott lots of different uh, text messages coming in people talking about their personal best shows they've ever seen because you mentioned for some people it's baywatch which took me by surprise i didn't think that was a lot of people's choice for the top tv show of all time some people that swear they've by ever it. watched and hey to each their own it's subjective right um but some people want to weigh in on it. The OC, this person says. Kayla says The OC. The OC was a great <laughs> show. It really was a great show. It sure it was. It didn't go long enough. Like, I think they could have done a lot more with The OC. They cut it kind of short. But it was a... Man, it was a good cast at the time. Um, some people are saying that it was uh, agreeing with me on Breaking Bad. But other people say, no way, Seinfeld. Why is this not even mentioned? Okay. Yeah, see see what I mean? It's, it depends on the type of person you are and what you like. It's all different. Repeats are killing television. We will never be able to move forward with incredible new series on cable TV as long as there is channels that will basically 24-7 replay The Big Bang Theory and 24-7 replay Seinfeld and replay Friends. We just haven't moved on. That's part of the problem. Well, right now, too, there's a lot of choices. Like the current, where we're at currently in terms of television shows, I can't keep up with the amount of television shows that I've got to watch. And I'm using air quotes. 
whether it's on Amazon or on Apple or on Netflix or on cable television. It's a lot to keep up with, so it's hard to be able to watch them all. So for all I know, my actual favorite show that I'll ever watch, I haven't even touched it yet. Haven't even watched it. But for now, it's got to be Breaking Bad. That's it. I'm still sticking with The Bachelor. Oh, and back in the day... The Bachelor is your favorite show of all time. No, you stop that. Right now it is. No, my all-time favorite is The Sopranos. Right. That could watch it over and over again. Right. Love it. Um, I did love The Hills. I loved The Hills. Look at you. Did you watch The Revival? Or yes. Have, okay. And it was amazing, too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's that's a little bit of uh, insight into Scott. What Scott's about, we still aren't 100% sure. You know what I watched last night? Speaking of great things, Joker movie. Oh. I watched I, it last night. I saw you had that on Instagram. Was I, it worth the hype? Because everybody's talking about it. Here's the thing. is I needed to see, I've been watching award season, as you guys know. That's kind of part of what I do. And then I bring you all the reports the next day. And I mean, Joaquin Phoenix, Joaquin Phoenix, Joaquin Phoenix. He wins and wins and wins over my boyfriend, Leonardo DiCaprio, every single time. Now, I've seen Once Upon a, a Time in Hollywood a couple of times. And I think Leo did such a great job. But Joaquin must have really knocked this one out of the park. i got to watch this movie. So that's why I watched it. Did he? He killed it really he killed it that he good. was he was the character it was intense every scene it must have taken a lot out of him like every scene looked actually exhausting to act you ever watch those movies where you're like man this guy probably had to take like a 40 minute break after he did this scene it was one of those kinds of movies he really got into the character and i'll say it now he deserves the oscar when he inevitably will win i mean we all knew it was going to happen we all know it'll probably happen it will happen, and it's well-deserved. He did an incredible job. It is a slower movie, and I think that throws some people, if they're expecting high-action scenes, it's it's drama. Don't get it twisted, but it's very, very well done. I was interested the entire time. Good movie. That's a solid review. There you go. <laughs> Nicely done. We did get a correct answer for our question. We gave away Post Malone tickets. The question was, one in three say they want to take a day off this winter to do this. People guessed everything from clean the house to just do nothing, binge watch shows, catch up on sleep, be hung over after the Super Bowl. None of those was correct. Mm-hmm. The actual answer was celebrate Valentine's Day. With it being on a Friday this year, 81% say they're looking forward to Valentine's Day this year. Okay, that's good. Hey, if you want to make it a big occasion or kind of a holiday i guess you could it's nice when it falls on a weekend i think the restaurants are going to be ridiculous yeah especially considering it's a friday even for takeout people even who want to stay at home skip the dishes will be busy uber eats will be busy yeah it'll be busy all around i think 28 percent of people say they will celebrate valentine's day this year with their fur baby and not a significant other mm-hmm. sure why not treat the, your your dog to a little love Hey, the dog, no problem there, right? The cat, no problem. It's unconditional love, no issues, no drama, nothing. And a lot of people that will celebrate with their kids even, give them a gift, right? 51% are going to celebrate with their kids for sure. 59% plan on commemorating Valentine's Day this year with friends as well as a fur baby or a significant other or kids. I think that's awesome. Um, 64% are going to buy a gift. Okay. To me, it's not about the gifts. It's all about the food. It's all about the food. (laughs) Friday night, Valentine's Day. Let's make this a food holiday, not a love holiday. This the first Valentine's Day with your girl? Ah, oh, I should know this. 
I should Ish. know this. Maybe Ish. that you actually are going to celebrate? Yeah, I think it'll be the first one that we celebrate. Although I haven't dropped the let's not buy each other gifts bomb yet. I think I'll save that I one until gonna go a little closer to. you are going to go with the L-bomb. I wasn't going to ask you. but Oh, no. What are you talking about? What Stop. do you mean? What am I talking about? You've been with her for like a year. Hey. I know people who've dropped it after a week. I know. Well, some people are... Have uh, ants in their pants? Yeah, maybe. I get yeah. it. <laughs> I get it. No, I don't think we need to do that. I think we just have really, a real though? You don't think nice... maybe she'd like to hear it? Cat. She might like to hear it on Valentine's Day. Oh, man. You're such an antagonist. This is great. I hope she's listening. You know, you are just the worst. <laughs> she is, actually. <laughs> Every morning. Hey, Google, play 91.5 The Beat. <laughs> I can't wait to hear where you take her and what you guys well, do. Well, now you're raising the mm. expectations. Well, you are a foodie, though. Where are you going to go eat? Ah, that's a great question. I have got it narrowed down to a couple of different ones, and there's a lot of pairings because restaurants will will go out of their way to make this a big deal. Some of them will do um, like a chef's tasting menu with wine pairings. I've got one place in mind that's doing um, a chef's menu with a scotch pairing. Ooh. And you know me. Oh, you're going hard. Well, it is a Friday night. We can actually go hard on this Valentine's Day. Thing. Hey, high five, buddy. If, we can never do that. If you want a reservation or you want a limo, you better book that quick because it's coming up. What are we, 22 yeah. days away, 23 days away from Valentine's we're close. Day? Yeah, we're getting there. You're going to have to book it quick because with it being a weekend this year, it's going to be nuts. Hotel rooms, the falls, all those places mm-hmm. are going to be nuts. So book it soon. And yeah, I haven't narrowed it down, but I've got a couple of options and it'll definitely be in this area. This year, I'm staying this area, local this you're year. staying close. I'm going to stay close. Whichever chef has the best menu, you're going to win my business. Table for two, please. I might do a classic keg. Ooh, that's a good spot too, but you should try and get there early or make a rezzo if you can. Early is my specialty, my friend. (laughs) I have no problem going early so I can get home at a good time and watch a movie and relax and drink another bottle of wine at home. If you've ever considered dating somebody who does morning radio, get used to eating dinner at 4 (laughs) p.m. It's true. It's ridiculous. (laughs) It's so true. It's a global health emergency now. Officially, no way to deny it. That is from the World Health Organization. And you know what this weekend is? It's National Eat Like an Idiot Day. And what I mean by that is you're going to go to a party. And inevitably, someone's going to double dip. (gasps) No. Do you call someone out? Yeah, I do. No problem. No, I have no problem because you know what? We're in a global health emergency right now. (laughs) And if you... Dip your, if you dip your chip in in that seven layer dip and take a bite and then dip it back in for more, I will throw you out personally. What if it's your And girl- then I'm going to throw out the seven layer dip. What if it's your girlfriend's dad, for example, though? Oh, I'll have a chat with him. You'll have no problem doing that. Yep. It'll be the last time I ever talk to him because <laughs> he'll throw me out, but I'll call him out. Did you seriously just double dip that chip? Yeah, I got to learn how to say that in Italian. <laughs> <laughs> And don't do this, or this will hey. offend him. Did you a double dip with the chip? Don't do that, because <laughs> he'll throw you out even quicker. Bro, <laughs> don't double dip. You double he'll, dip with the chip. He'll understand that, right? Oh, like, yeah, that's bro, like, what are you doing? Perfect, perfect Italian. I mean, your Italian has really improved since you started dating this girl. <laughs> I gotta say. Hey, <laughs> take it easy on the dips. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. 
got to get people to record that when that happens on Sunday. <laughs> That's all I say in Italian, right? Like, <laughs> hey, what about what, what are you doing? <laughs> you do it, then you do it again. No, 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 double dip. Uh, no, bro. It's perfect. <laughs> you took that straight out of the English to Italian dictionary, didn't you? I could do Google Translate. <laughs> To be honest with you, I guess I picked that up subliminally because I didn't even realize I I learned Italian at some point. It's quite incredible, Scott. Awesome. It's an anomaly, I think, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I also completely forgot my point about double dipping. Uh, 31% of us are, so... Listen, it's well, a global- are double dipping. Double dipping. Who 31%. are these? Who are these animals? They're and what parties are they going to? Thank you. Thirty-one uh, percent of us double dip our chips, parties, social gatherings. It's voted the worst food-related thing you can do: ketchup on pizza, ordering steak well done, eating pizza with a knife and fork, using a. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you don't want to mess up your hands, though. No, is there nothing to be said for that when it comes to pizza? And people that use a spoon to eat ice cream that's already in a cone. <laughs> All in the top five. Double dippers is the worst, though. I don't know who does that. If I see it, though, I'm going to correct that unsocial behavior because that's gonna be a problem. You're going to be the food police. Yeah. You're the food police, basically. Yeah. You are kind of the food police. It scares me to have you over because you just went on a rant the other day about people who put out chips and dip. <laughs> and That's lazy. That's I, lazy. I didn't know how angry you would get about that. You so. cook something or don't invite people over. <laughs> If you order a pizza and just open the box and set it on the counter, fine. That's the minimum threshold of lazy you can do. Which is paper towels, not even plates. Not even plates. Eat it on a paper towel. Don't get any on the carpet. Yeah, that's that's the the minimum amount of effort that you can put in. Putting out a bag of chips (laughs) and like a hell of a dip where you just take the (laughs) lid off the container to set it in the table. That's awful. Awful. (laughs) You're a bad party host. <laughs> Lazy. I'm going to do that to you when you I know come you over will. next. Just just for fun. And I'm going to record it. <laughs> like, why are the cameras all facing toward me in here? What's going on with all your security cameras? Nothing. Would you like some ruffles? Pop, pop open the lid. Ruffles dip? Don't even go. pre-open the bag either. Nope. Just make it as terrible as possible. I'm just going to... No, I'm not going to put the chips in a bowl or anything. I'm just going to slide open that bag of chips and set it down on the counter. <laughs> there you go. Feast away. This is the appetizer. It's like uh, Kitchener charcuterie. (laughs) Just a bag of chips and a tub of hell of a dip. A man who went into a Habitat for Humanity restore. He bought a couch. $35 for a couch. Okay. That he bought. Great. Guy gets it home. Sits in one spot. Little butt wiggle. Oh, yeah, that's good. I like that spot. Gets in the middle spot. Oh, yeah, that's good. Gets to the third spot. Oh, well, this cushion is lumpy. Oh, no. I don't like this cushion. He f- Did he find hard cash money? $43,000. Whoa. Forty-three grand. Does he get to keep it? He could keep it. Absolutely, he could keep it. It's his money. He found mm-hmm. it. He bought the couch. Nobody even knew it was missing. But the man... Howard Kirby is his name, is going to, actually he did, give the money back. Wow. So he went back to the restore, who contacted the people who donated the couch. And as it turns out, the couch belonged to their grandfather, who just recently passed away. (laughs) I don't trust no banks. 
It's a lot of people like that. A lot of people. There They're are people in listening. Walls, mattresses, couches. Listening right now that have got like hiding places in their house yep. that are just full of cash. Yep. Because they don't trust the banks or they don't trust that in an emergency they'll be able to get their money. Mm-hmm. Which isn't necessarily a bad idea, but that's a conversation for another day. For sure. It's a risk that you're taking, right? Absolutely. But yeah, this guy decided it's not my money. I'm going to give it back to the people who it belongs to. He says God prompted him to give it back. Oh. I mean, okay, that's great. Did, did they give him a cut when he brought it back and the rightful owners took ownership? So I watched the video of him handing back the money and I didn't see them give him anything, but that's not to say that they didn't right. give him okay. something. So we cannot confirm this. Okay. So what would you rather have? Great karma or $43,000 in cash. Because you know what? The people who are getting this money didn't even know it was missing. They had no idea. If he hadn't given back that 43 grand, they would have no idea that they had lost 43 grand. You know, it's the damn karma thing. It really is for me. I would feel, I would feel, I don't know, part of me would feel guilty. I would have a conversation about it. Let's put it that way. I would be open-minded whether I keep it or not. And I'd probably talk to people close to me whom I trusted, my circle, and ask them their opinion (laughs) and hope that I make the right decision. That's a tough one, right? And you don't know who that belongs. It could be dirty money. It could be bad money. It could be drug money. You don't really know where the money actually comes from. And that can make a difference. It could be hard-earned, well-deserved cash. It could be mafia money. I mean, you don't know where this money even came from to begin with. Does it matter? And that, yes, it would absolutely matter to really? me. If you told me it was somebody who obtained that illegally, <laughs> I'd take it. Yep, it's mine. If you told me it was a hardworking person that worked really hard and maybe had several jobs and this was their life savings and they were wanted to pass it on maybe, yeah. But unfortunately, we wouldn't be able to know that. So I'd have to make a decision based on me not knowing. But yes, it would make a difference. 100%. Imagine being the people who donated the couch. I mean, they were sad. Grandpa died. They had Habitat for Humanity's Restore come over and pick up the couch. And they just thought, well, Grandpa's couch. We've got some memories there, but whatever. And then they get a phone call. Yeah, we need you to come in because we need to see you about the couch you donated. You're probably thinking, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. What is this? And then... Imagine just out of nowhere, you get handed $43,000 that you had no idea was coming. That's crazy. I mean, that would really turn around your Blue Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all go shopping for couches today. I'm going to the restore. Honestly, that said, I think that the charity um, portion of it, I would do. You know, I would be like, you know what? Well, then maybe Habitat for Humanity is where I would donate some of it. Kind of a sign, right? Kind of a sign. And they do really great work anyway. Yeah. There's a new calculator online, and this one comes from Credit Card Compare. And they added up athlete salaries. And then they compared it to the household median income. Are you ready to be depressed, everybody? We'll start with LeBron James. Okay. Oh, great. LeBron James makes an average of $33.285 million a year. It works out to $91,000 a day that LeBron James Ah, makes. Yikes. So when you break it down by the amount of actual basketball games that he plays... It takes LeBron James half of one quarter 
to earn the entire median household income for a year. How does that make you feel this morning, huh? Half of one quarter. Tom Brady. Currently the quarterback for the New England Patriots. Tom Brady. Tom Brady makes money all day, every day. I think this is just his salary. I don't think this includes all of his endorsements, but they say he makes $22 million a year. It would take Tom Brady less than a fifth of one quarter of playing time to earn the entire median household income for a year. Less than a fifth of a quarter. That's insane. How about Conor McGregor? He only does so many fights a year, right? This one gets under people's skin, too, because a lot of people don't like this guy. He makes $9,500,000 a year. That works out to $26,000 a day or $1,084 an hour. But when you just break it down by the amount of time he spends in the octagon, it would take him about 0.17 MMA fights to earn the entire household median income for a year. Just to take a couple punches. That's it. <laughs> I know, I under-exaggerate. He makes the annual household median income in a quarter of one round. <laughs> Ah, uh, that one stings too. Cristiano Ronaldo for the soccer fans. He makes $35,200,000 a year. It works out to $66 a minute that he makes. 66 bucks Come a minute. Come on, get out of here, you gorgeous Portuguese man, you. He makes $1.12 a second. That's every second of every day, every he makes $1.12. Second. That's insane. <laughs> it takes him 4.84 minutes. Less than five minutes of playing time to earn the entire household median income for a year. You can actually check other celebrities too. Credit Card Compare has the calculator if you want to Google it. A lot of people just getting ready to start off their day. Certain things though, that if these things happen, they are going to ruin your day. Mm. They compiled a list after they asked a lot of people, what are the things that will ruin your day. And some of the answers are quite diverse. Number one is a wardrobe malfunction. If you leave the house mm-hmm. and you realize, oh, I just tucked my skirt into my pantyhose and my whole ass has been showing the whole day. <laughs> and nobody told me up until this point, or if at all. The male equivalent, I suppose, would be walking out of the house with your fly down, which I'm doing a lot lately, and I don't know why. Why? I have no idea, Pull your fly up. It's not even a hard thing to do. I mean, you just reach down and zip, and you're good. I don't know why I keep doing that, but the majority of people said a wardrobe malfunction. Hmm. Included in that, by the way, is if you spill something on your outfit. Taking a swig of coffee and you get that brown stain down the front of your white shirt. Why is it that always happens like right in the morning? Why can't that be during like the afternoon coffee after you've already seen a bunch of people and all is well? Why does it have to be like in the car on your way into work? It sucks. It always happens that way. Stepping in a puddle without the proper footwear. I'll throw a snowbank into that because there's a number of times, particularly in the last week. Where I stepped inside, I thought it was just a little bit of snow, and it was deeper than I thought. Yeah. And then wet shoes and wet feet for the rest of the day. This time of year, too, you think you're stepping on ice maybe as you're doing your walk, but it's not really actually ice, which is a very thin layer, and then you end up in a puddle, and you got your nice shoes on or something. Along the same lines, five was slipping on ice or on snow. Yep. Three was falling down. (laughs) Okay, I haven't actually fallen down in a long time. 
knock on wood. But yeah, that'll do it. If you fall, that's pretty well day ruined. Four is when it rains and you do not have an umbrella. Six is being late. Okay, that drives me crazy, but yeah. there's some people who have no shame. Unapologetically will walk in late and don't even care. Nope. Losing your wallet is number seven. I have a tile in my wallet so that I can track my wallet at all times. And I can tell you that that comes from having lost my wallet once and the fear that that comes with. Mm -hmm. Your whole day's a write-off if you lose your wallet. you got to phone your credit card companies, oh, yeah. phone the bank. Oh, yeah. Take the rest of the day off. Might as well. When you can't find your keys, breaking your phone, mm -hmm. and realizing you have locked yourself out are all on the list of the top things that will ruin your day. But I know that's not all. There's more to this. What ruined your day? There's some great text messages coming into 519-571-BEAT. It's a new survey. What is the surefire way to ruin your day? Everything from falling to a wardrobe malfunction and more. But what are you saying? These people are saying uh, everything from restless sleep the night before. Yes. Yeah. And then you, yes. Can't, you can't stop thinking about that too through the day, re remembering like, oh, that's why. Oh, I got a horrible sleep. And then you just kind of aren't looking forward to the rest of the day. Uh, someone here says, per packing a lunch, but then forgetting it at home. Oh, man. <laughs> That's such a simple thing, but it's true. It's true, especially when it's like you didn't want to go out, we have to leave the office, you have a busy day, you didn't want to spend extra money you didn't have to spend. I get it. This is the ultimate ruin of your day. When they get your coffee order wrong right in the morning. Yeah, amen. Oh, I wanted cream. This isn't cream. Oh, well, this day's ruined. And when you simply just can't drink it. Like, if they put sugar in my coffee, I can't drink it. It's done. I'm not drinking it. And then it sucks to have to go back to that location all the way back and tell them or just give it to somebody and go without coffee. Horrible. Um, sleeping in. Okay, yeah, yeah, that would suck. Yeah, sleeping absolutely. in, being late, that kind of stuff sucks. Dealing with a massive tantrum by one of your kids in the morning. <laughs> Sometimes kids just, some, yeah. they can make your day or they can break your day. Sure. Hey, you want to be to work on time? Guess what? I feel like just wailing around on the floor for a little while. I don't think I'm going to eat in any sort of an expedited way today. I'm just going to really take my time. Try to get my coat on now, sucker. Yeah. Oh, boy. I all of a sudden forgot yep. how to tie my shoes. There's a few of those, too. Or kids fighting in the morning, this person says. Just the, the two of them getting into an argument. Yep. Okay. Uh, waking up with a headache. Okay, yes, I hear you. Especially there's certain times of the year where I'll just get a headache to the point where it wakes me in the middle of the night. Oh. It's when we're going through usually a change of seasons. When it's so warm, warm, and then all of a sudden it gets really cold or vice versa, I can wake up with a headache. And once I'm up, I have a hard time falling back asleep. You take whatever you got to take, but I get it. A car problem. Yeah. That's a great one, too. Oh, battery's dead. Great. Somebody yep. leave a light on? Yep. Okay. When you're going, this has happened to me so many times with my old car. That's why, mainly why I got a new car. When you decide to stop for a coffee and then you realize your window was frozen in the drive-thru. <sighs> I've had to be that person that opened up my door <laughs> and scared the bejesus out of the person at the drive-thru because I had to explain to them, my window, I'm not trying to rob you or anything, just my window's broken. I'll give you the money. I had to take my seatbelt off to get this. It sucks. <laughs> It's first world problem, but it's still a sucky, sucky problem. Can I get your opinion on something? Mm -hmm. It's actually not me specifically that's looking for an opinion. It's a guy. You know that section of Reddit where you can ask the question, am I a 
a-hole? Right, right. Yes, of course. I'm happy to help here. So this guy wants to know if he was at a line because his wife, as a gift, gave him a little booklet full of steamy, sexy, erotic nude photos of her. Oh, wow. Okay. And at first, he admits he was really excited about this. Then he wondered, well, wait a second. These aren't selfies. Who took the pictures? And she admitted she went to a professional photographer to have kind of like a boudoir photo. Yeah, it's a photo. boudoir photo shoot. Yeah. But this was nude. This wasn't just in Ooh, underwear. Okay. She okay. wanted steamy photos for him right. as a gift. Yeah. And that's when she admitted that although it was a professional photographer, it was a guy that took the pictures. Oh, snap. So... He says his excitement quickly turned to annoyance. And he suggested to her that she should have talked to him Mm -hmm. before she booked a nude photo shoot. Mm -hmm. She stormed out of the house. She said, I got to burn off some steam. I'm going for a run. So he wants to know from the fine readers of Reddit, is he being unreasonable there? No. The husband is... This is according to some of the comments, and then we're going to come back to your emphatic no. Some of the comments say, you're obviously insecure. You should just be happy with the gift. Others saying she crossed a line and he has every right to be upset by it. What do you think? Oh, man. Yeah. See, I, I would have, I would think, because I know if this was me in my scenario, I already know what my husband would have would have wanted or not wanted. Yeah. What did he say when you showed him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing that a guy saw you naked, even if it was a girl, maybe that would make him uncomfortable with that too. Not happy with that. You have to think about it that way as well. And this is supposed to be a gift for that person. Hey, uh, someone saw me naked. Some people really, really cherish that. Hey, I'm the only one that gets to see you naked. And that's that. Unless there's a special circumstance, a doctor, etc., blah, blah. I'm not counting all that. I'm talking about in a regular scenario. He's a professional photographer. He's yeah, not. Okay. <laughs> all right. Here we go. <laughs> what, are you going like... to say you are too? <laughs> no, no. I'm a professional photographer too. It's not like she asked a friend or a colleague, hey, can you grab a camera and take some pictures of But me? maybe asking a good f- girlfriend of hers might have made him a little more comfortable. Like, oh, you asked your sister or, oh, you asked whatever. And that would make him think like there's not something more. He wasn't there in that room. He doesn't know what the guy, what was going through the guy's mind. He doesn't know. What about these people that say, dude, you should just be happy that she thinks that much of you, that she did this for you and gave it to you as a gift. Oh, come on. No, there's nothing there? Really? No, not really. Not really. Again, she should have kind of known if she really knows her husband, then she should have known that he would have been really uncomfortable with this. That's my opinion. And you should have gone with something different. Or set up a camera for yourself and take some photos for yourself. Yeah, it's more work. There's going to be less money for you, too. Yeah, Hmm. I don't think he's in the wrong to be a little bit uncomfortable with that. They're not talking right now is the latest update that I have from his latest Mm -hmm. thread. He also hasn't posted in a couple of days, so I'm wondering... Is he, like, moving right now, or what's going on? Packing up his crap. (laughs) Too busy. (laughs) Hey, does he have a right to be upset, or should he just appreciate the fact that he got this in the first place? We're getting a lot of text messages. 519-571-BEAT. This one? From Brent. He should just be happy with the gift. Oh, it's amazing she would put herself out there like that for him. As for the photographer, my late father-in-law was a semi-professional photographer and was asked to do quite a few nudes for women. 
He could be quite the womanizer, but he was also quite the professional when it came to taking pictures. He was much more worried about the right lighting than he was about the woman's bits and bobs. Hmm. I haven't heard bits and bobs in bits a while. Bits and either. bobs. That's a good one, Brent. I like uh, it. This one says, I believe they're both simultaneously in the right and wrong, especially as communication. Can I say I already kind of agree with this? Yeah, like I hear what you're saying here because communication as well as trust, they say, are key elements of any good relationship, let alone a marriage. Thank you. See, my my whole point in the beginning of, of this was, wouldn't she have known her husband well enough to know that this would upset him? If I did this, I know it would be a no, a no, no. It would not be good. Nope, nope, nope. So she should have known what her husband would have thought. I would have think. I don't know. I mean, there is still something to be said for giving a gift and being thoughtful. And she thought this would be a nice gift. That's baloney to me. That sounds like baloney to me. I have no idea how my girlfriend would react if I gave her a booklet full of nudes. She'd probably laugh hysterically. (laughs) But I don't know if she would have a problem with the whole thing if it turns out that the photographer was a woman. No, no, no. Well, let me put you in this scenario then. So Valentine's Day, she shows up with a nice booklet of nudes, completely nude, all kinds of positions. It was a guy that took the photos. You don't know the guy from Adam. Mm -hmm. You don't know who he is, where he came from, what he's about. You okay with that? You okay that another guy saw your girl completely naked, bent over, in different positions, obviously a little intimate. What do you think about that? Um, Does that sit well with you? What I'm going to say is not going to sit well for some people. This is a total unpopular opinion alert. Maybe it's just me being old school, but I don't want those pictures of my girlfriend. So you don't like the gift to begin with? I don't like the gift to begin with. Okay. I don't want my girlfriend or my wife or whomever my partner is in a porn setting in any way, shape, or form. There's there's a time for porn, <laughs> and and I don't want to, to have my partner involved in that. So it wouldn't be about the guy. It would just more be about the photos at all. Absolutely. Interesting. Now, communication is key, as a lot of people mentioned. Do you think your girl would know that information? No, I don't think I've ever told her. Okay. Don't give me nude photos. Well, I I've mean, also never asked her for them, though. Right. But you don't necessarily have to say, don't give me nude photos, in order for her to maybe know your opinion on it. To me, it, this is a marriage, right? So we're not talking girlfriend-boyfriend, though. That's a different scenario. But this is a marriage. You should kind of have a good feeling about what your partner would or wouldn't like. Um... This person says, no way. Getting photos like that would be awesome. Guy needs to be comfortable with his relationship. Uh, There are many people who would say he's just being insecure. And I mean, it's kind of hard to argue with that. That's where this all comes from. He doesn't want another guy seeing his girl. I don't know how else to see that but insecurity. Or am I wrong there? Oh, there's again, I think there's something to be said for, you know, I'm that what makes it special for the two of them. I'm the only person that gets to know this about you, mm-hmm. right? That we have our intimate moments and I'm the only one who knows that. And now this other dude, whoever he may be, knows a little bit more about his wife than any other person. And now he's not the only one who's seen his wife nude. Cat, photographers are right up there with medical professionals. You can trust oh them in any scenario. God. I could give you a list of photographers you can't trust. <laughs> Just let me start writing. <laughs> Thanks for reaching out on Instagram. I'd like to take some photos of you. Now, I won't pay you, but I right? will publish them and you'll become an internet oh, model. it's for you. It's for your it's for your portfolio. Oh, yeah. I need you to come down to my studio at 10 p.m. Uh, no. That's Bring a hard, wine. That's a hard no. Mm-hmm. 
that's a hard no, bud. Yeah, I think we've all heard some bad stories there. Uh, today is National Compliment Day. It's a wonderful opportunity to brighten someone's day or give them credit for a job well done. Mm. You did a fabulous job with our Dolly Parton pictures. Good for you, Kat. Thank you. That looks great. It's on the Beat Instagram right now if you want to see it at 915thebeat. And your hair looks great today. Oh, thanks, Scott. Now do one for me. Your uh, uh, shirt is nice. That's the most generic (laughs) compliment. Your shirt is nice. That's That was weak, right? That was weak. I like the zip, half zip. What is that called? The half zip? This is a quarter zip. It's a qu- oh, it's a quarter zip. Excuse me. You're rapidly You're, taking away from the compliment. I've never seen you in a quarter zip, and uh, it looks great on you. I find it makes me look less fat than I normally do, <laughs> so <laughs> that's why. <laughs> oh, the full God. zipper, you get that bump at the front. It's like, <laughs> ugh. <laughs> I don't even want to look at myself. <laughs> Walk by a mirror and I think, who's that slop? Oh, jeez. You should be compliment yourself day too. <laughs> I you, know it should be. That's usually Scott's day. Usually you're good with that. Normally the whole show is Scott. You just knocked it out of the park. <laughs> it's true. Love Scott. After we end a break, he's like, that was good radio right there. I deserve a break. And then he leaves for like five minutes. I don't even know what you do. Just go and congratulate yourself. I'm not sure what you're doing over there. I don't even know. <laughs> okay, well, me not complimenting myself is probably uh, where you should take over here today. Oh, gosh. It's exhausting, though. And anything other than that's a nice shirt. My hair looks great. I don't know. I whitened my teeth again the other day. Does that not? No, nothing. Nothing. No. You whitened your teeth the other day? Yeah. Let so- me see. Maybe you need to smile more. There's also a microphone right in your face every time I see you, so I really wouldn't be able to tell. Yeah, that's true. It actually looks better when I let my beard grow out a little bit because it's darker. It makes the teeth look whiter. <laughs> hacks, right? There's it's certain hacks hack. that we could do to make it seem like a certain way. I get it. <laughs> I get it, man. I'm super, super pasty white. And so sometimes I'll think that certain colors make me look like I might have seen the sun. Mm. Doesn't actually probably work, but we try, right? Absolutely. If you can get like even just a little tint going, yeah. that, that makes all the difference in the world. So yesterday... Out of nowhere, really, because I think we had been on for almost four hours by the time you pointed out that you were wearing another ring yesterday. And we talked about it at great length in the podcast. If you didn't hear yesterday's After 9, fun edition where Kat explains how she got re-engaged. Sort of. But for those who did not hear the podcast and did not hear the live radio show, maybe they just saw your Instagram and saw you with a ring. Mm-hmm. It happened. Many people were very confused about what's going on. People yeah. were messaging me. Did Kat get divorced and now she's re-engaged? Yeah. No. Oh, and because I reposted it because I was happy for you. And I think that's a really cool story of what your husband did. People were asking me, did I get engaged? No, that wasn't my ring or my <laughs> girlfriend's finger. Some people seem very no. confused by it. I had a lot of, well, happy anniversaries. No, it wasn't my anniversary. He just did it on the day of the anniversary of the proposal, initially, seven years ago. Maybe it's a very confusing story. I don't it's know. It's a very confusing I story. I guess so. <laughs> Out of context. And then, to make matters even more interesting, yesterday, my husband, who saw some of this stuff on social media, said, you know, I didn't actually ask you anything. I actually didn't even realize that. He was just giving me that moment again oh. and told me how appreciative he was of being with me all these years and how he wanted to continue that in our new home. There was actually no question and no answer. 
how did you screw that story up so bad? Because whenever these things, whenever these things happen to me, it happened with the first time. Don't even remember what the, don't even remember what he said. Don't even remember what he said. This time, apparently, don't even remember what he said. Does he remember what he said? I just looked at the ring and I got flustered and it was like, yeah, great. And he's like, well, I didn't actually, I mean, we're already married, dum-dum. I didn't ask you to marry me. That's not what I said at all. But it was a proposal. He wanted to propose in the new house, propose that we continue on with the new memories in the new house. So all in all, it was a proposal. It just like people were confused. Why would he? So you're getting married again? No, I mean, sure, I'll renew my vows in Vegas at some point, but it's not happening in the near future. It was just nice to have that memory. Okay. (laughs) This will all make sense after you listen to yesterday's After 9 podcast. That's great. (laughs) It's so funny. I'm like, what do you mean you didn't ask me again? You wouldn't ask me again? No, I got you a ring. Can't believe he's proposed twice. He's got down on one knee and neither time do you remember what he said. (laughs) Neither time. I can't be the only one who, with that moment being a complete blur for them. I cannot be the only one. It took, but it took me completely off guard. And I think a lot of, some people kind of know in advance, oh, the person's going to propose, which I think is also kind of poppycock to me. I like the surprise. I like being surprised to the point where I don't even know what you said. I just know I said yes. In all fairness, there's a lot of guys who can't remember exactly what they said either because they were nervous or drunk. Yeah. (laughs) That's why some people get other people to record it. That's a great idea. So it's documented forever. So there's there you no go. dispute about what was said. Now you know. Uh, I had a night last night. I. Uh, What'd you do? You didn't get engaged, did you? No. Oh. You shut your mouth. Yet? No. I was. <laughs> That's not the ring yet. I Stop. I was watching. Uh, I had PVR'd it on Tuesday, Heavy Rescue 401, mm. because I love that show. Love it. In fact, every now and again, I'll drive by one of those those tow trucks mm-hmm. on the highway and go, I know that guy. I've seen him on TV. It's kind of fun for me, actually. To, we geek out about different things, different people, different shows. So I like Heavy Rescue 401. And I know that at this time of year, it's a Scott trap. Because anytime after about 8 o'clock is when I start getting sleepy. And if I have the fireplace on because it's cold... And I lay down, even for a minute, I'm going to fall asleep. Last night, watching my show, Mm -hmm. I had had my stories on. You got your stories on? It was a little chilly in the house because I'm trying to keep that new Nest thermostat in eco mode as much as possible. Fantastic. So I decided I'll just flick the fireplace on for a few minutes. That was mistake number one. Mm. Mistake number two, I laid down on the couch. Okay, Mm. well, wouldn't you know it. Boom. 1230. Oh, my God, I haven't even gotten to bed yet, and I've got to get up in three hours. So in my haste to get to bed, not only did I stub my toe. Oh, no. Middle of the night toe stubs are 100 (laughs) times worse than during the day toe stubs. They're so much worse. I hate that. I felt like I'd been shot. I thought I needed an ambulance. It was so How bad. How loud did you yell the F word? As loud as you can imagine this voice goes. It was not pretty. Even the cat was like, oh, boy, I better get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now's not the time. I got it. Okay. <laughs> then I went up to sta- upstairs, climbed into bed, and I was so paranoid that because I'd already slept, I would uh, sleep in through my alarm because oh, I was all completely out of whack. Oh, no. I didn't even go to bed. I, I just laid there and watched like three episodes of Heavy Rescue 401. 
I'm a little tired. Are you a little tired? Hopped up on energy. It's actually all adrenaline at this point. How's Pat. your toe? Oh, it's probably gonna need to be amputated. That was a <laughs> that was a good whack because I was rushing those, around. It's true. Those half asleep things are the worst. <laughs> What's going on? Did you see this kid from uh, Norfolk County? The OPP tweeted out a video of it. OPP West Region. No, I didn't see it. <laughs> Constable Ed Sanchuk, if you want to look it up. He did it earlier this week. He called police to report that his fake ID that he ordered online never arrived. Oh <laughs> my gosh. I mean, there's there's stupidity. And then there's that. It, it, was he serious? Yeah. He sent an undisclosed amount of money. He also gave the seller all of their personal and identifying information to print up a fake ID for him. So now the police are warning everybody, don't share your personal information online. Oh, hey, hey, there you go. The fact that we have to constantly remind people of that, you'd think by now. Uh, Let's see here. The cop also warns that if you're found using an identification that uses somebody else's name or claims that you are an age other than your own, you can face criminal charges. It's 2020, right? Like we, people know, you, you don't call the police to report that you've done something illegal. <laughs> can you imagine that call? I think I got scammed by the guy who's doing my fake ID. <laughs> Wait a minute. I better what? call the cops. Hang on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a one operator's like, it's, it's, you'll stay on the line, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'll stay on the line all day. Great. Good, 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 good. Tell me your whereabouts. <laughs> we'll be right there to help you. Researchers say that your oven door is dirtier than your toilet seat. Oven door dirtier than your toilet? Toilet seat. They studied the amount of bacteria on 14 common sites in your home and found that the kitchen was actually the most contaminated spot. Appliance handles, like your oven door, were some of the worst offenders. Mm, I've heard of sink, too. Kitchen sink's nasty. I don't like my kitchen sink it's at just all. Gr- it, like, it, I get creeped out by my kitchen sink. Yeah, I, I clean it so many times because I know that that's probably just where germs live and party. They say it's pretty simple. Anything that's on your hands will get transferred to the handle. Think about it. You just prepped raw meat. And before you wash your hands, you go and stick it in the oven, a.k.a. your bacteria-covered fingertips all over the oven door handle. I always wonder about the oven mitts, too. Mm, That's a good one. Dirty. They say add to that any oil or grease that splatters from the stovetop, and you've got a recipe for a disgusting door. And since you don't realize just how dirty it is, you rarely do any sanitizing. They say antibacterial wipes are a godsend when it comes to cleaning your kitchen, including the oven door handle, if you know how to use them correctly. The Center for Disease Control explains that disinfection usually requires the product to remain on the surface for a certain period of time, like three to five minutes. That means you need to use enough wipes on your handle that the surface stays saturated for at least three minutes. Oh, man. If you look at the GE website, apparently it says warm, soapy water or a mixture of baking soda and water can be used to effectively disinfect your oven door handle. Probably once a month, they come out with something new that reminds us how dirty various things in our houses are. I get it. I know exactly what they're saying, and I've done it too. Oh, yeah, I'm just going to flip the steak in the marinade, and then I'm going to go and I'm not going to hold 
fully disinfect my hands. I'm just going to rinse them off and get the marinade off. And then I got to open the oven and then I got to stick the meat in there. And I can totally see how this happens. I choose to believe that my house is the cleanest spot that I go to regularly. Sure. Work? Nobody likes work. Public places? Absolutely not. Nasty. But you've got a little bit of a little bit of comfort in going home and thinking, this is my clean spot. Mm-hmm. Now you're taking that away from us scientists. You knock it off I and think- I'm going to go buy some Clorox wipes. <laughs> it amazes me though how many people don't clean their houses. The problem is, it's hard to keep up with keeping your house clean. For example, for whatever reason, my cat just started shedding. I guess now that it's actually winter and we're getting cold weather, he started shedding and he seems to be growing in a new coat. Okay, I know I just vacuumed on Wednesday morning. I woke up this morning and there's like tumbleweeds of cat hair blowing around. I got to do it again. Yeah. Every two days. And the countertops. I don't cook that much. Typically, I'm a skip the dishes kind of guy. However, they look disgusting. I got to clean. This whole weekend, I think, is going to be dedicated to disinfection, Cat, It's a good time to do it. And nobody's coming over. I will not share the clean with anyone. because you do come over, bring a lint roller. Everybody's sick. <laughs> yeah, and you should totally do that. <laughs> I hear you. I got a dog. I hear you. That's why I got the Roomba. It goes by itself every day. Are you liking that purchase, I'm by the way? loving it. Is it loving weird it. for the dog or for the kids? Do they ever wonder, what Kid, the heck is that? Kids love it. It's their robot friend. They love it. Uh, dog, still on the fence, I think. Still on the fence. Not sure about that thing. You think the dog, like, kicks it and stuff when you're not around? Probably. They, they like you more than me. Get Probably. out of here. <laughs> you keep following me everywhere. <laughs> cleaning up after me. <laughs> this is one of those things that I think we need to say louder for the people in the back. According to a new book about 21st century etiquette, leaving someone a voicemail is now officially considered rude. Stop. Stop going to voicemail. Stop saying, hey, what's up? Give me a call back. Bye. And making us waste our time checking that message. Yeah. You can go ahead and cheer that on. It's rude. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, Because the only people that do, anytime I get a voicemail, I know it's either a doctor or an appointment reminder. But even then, a lot of them have the text option, which I love now. Me too. I always say, do you have the text option? Because they'll say, would you like a reminder before your massage appointment or whatever? Only if you're texting it to me. Otherwise, no, I'm good. According to this book, there is, quote, no purpose for voicemails in the modern age. And having to sit through a two-minute recording is super inefficient and inconvenient. Preach! The author says you should never leave voicemails now. And if someone doesn't pick up, hang up, send them a text message instead. Hmm. Spur-the-moment phone calls. I'm going to call Cat. Rude. Is it rude now? Now rude. <laughs> Instead, you should text first and ask the person if they can talk. It doesn't bother me if someone calls me out of the blue, because to be honest with you, and I'm pretty honest with them usually, if I can't even at that moment, I just let it go. I just ignore the call. If it's someone out of the blue, I'm like, oh, I haven't talked to them in a while, but if I really am not in the mood or I have no time to talk, I just let it go. I always give somebody the heads up that I'm going to call. And yeah. if yeah. I don't, I don't blame them for not answering because I know I personally yeah. 
never answer my phone unless it's there's like five different people that I will answer the phone for. Yeah. Son, daughter, you, mom, yeah. dad. There's certain people you girlfriend. know something might be going on because they're calling me. And that's part of it too. Right? When yeah. my phone rings, I think it's either telemarketer or there's an emergency. Yeah. Oh my God, what's going on? Yeah. What is that sound my phone is making? Yeah. Absolutely. And whatever happened to all those ringtones I paid 99 cents for? <laughs> because when you do, when you do get that phone call and you think, oh, whoa, this is out of nowhere. Something big must be happening. And then you answer the phone. You're like, what's going on? What's up? And they just say, nothing. Just wanted to see what's going on with you. It's new. Well, why the hell did you call me for that? Yeah. <laughs> or let's, like you said, let's, I know that sounds terrible to some people, but I'm, sometimes I'm just like, okay, can I, I've got like a million things on the go. I love that you wanted to catch up. Let's do that at 7 p.m. because then I have time or whatever. I don't really have time right now. But I thought it was really important when that person called me. You know? I'm going to get this story online at scottandcat.ca right now. And for those people you know that like to phone, send them this story. Just hit the share button. Mm-hmm. Send. You know what? <laughs> Text it to them. Better yet... <laughs> Call them and tell them them about it. Leave them a message and tell them how rude it is to leave a message. So it turns out. Kate, I've got voicemail included with my package with Bell Mobility, and I've told them a few times I don't want it, and they can't understand that. It's like people in the phone industry can't wrap their minds around the fact that we don't want something they're offering us for free. And they won't just take it out, right? They won't just, will they deactivate your voicemail? This is the thing. They won't. And I said to them, maybe this is just state-of-the-art, unheard-of technology. I said, can I have a voicemail where I can leave a personalized greeting, but it won't actually take a message? Kind of like, like some places do when you call a, the doctor after hours or something like that. They'll say, you can't leave a message here, but just so you know, we're open tomorrow at this time. Call the right number, but no, you can't leave a message. That's what I would like to have. But then you still get some idiots, and especially robocalls, that will leave a message and it drives me nuts. I've probably got messages on my phone from July that I haven't checked yet. Really? Yep. Because I have no interest in checking that voicemail. Sorry, everybody I owe money to. <laughs> You'll have to figure out how to text me. <laughs> so you're out driving. Certain things get to you, right? Irritating things and you just can't help it. You just feel it like, I'm pissed. Yep. All the time. What's number one? Oh. <sighs> My gosh. Your it's, number one it's, road irritant. It's it's a it's kind of a tie, but I'll go with the people who drive slow in the far left lane and the 401. Ah, okay. Yeah, you know what? We can all agree that's crazy annoying. Get out of the left lane. It's not for driving. It's for passing. If I told you that there were 10 annoying things that made the list, mm-hmm. those are just the ones that made the list. The one you just mentioned was number 10. There okay. are nine things higher oh, yeah. than that. Number one, annoying, dangerous. I get it. I'm surprised it's number one, though. Potholes. Potholes is number one. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, potholes are horrible. Last Saturday, I was driving home from Scotiabank Arena, Toronto Rock game, and I was listening to a traffic report on the radio, and I just happened to be going through that area at the time Lucky. when they pointed out some large potholes have opened up on the 401 westbound and there's several cars off on the shoulder that have sustained damage. They're waiting for tow trucks. 
I guess I just happened to be in the correct lane because I didn't hit any of these potholes, but there were three cars pulled off at the side of the road that had taken so much damage they needed to be towed. That's scary too when that happens. I feel like this winter is going to be horrible for potholes. The crews that have to repair those in the spring, they're going to have their work cut out for Mm -hmm. them because this yo-yo temperature thing is nuts. And we're seeing that more and more. Our winters seem to be going that way. So yeah, it does suck. It sucks. Second most annoying thing on the roads is drivers who do not signal. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely annoying. Yeah. Absolutely. The signals are there for a reason. I hate when that happens and you're waiting to to turn somewhere and then it's because that one jerk didn't signal the entire time you could have gone. Oh, man, that grinds my gears. Tailgaters is number three. Actually, I'm on to the tailgaters now because the new dash cam that I got for Christmas, which I'm really excited about, has a rear camera as well. Great. I'll get your plate. Don't you worry. Number four, construction. I might even put that at number one. I mean, between here and Toronto, the amount of construction is so bad. Yeah, you almost can't get mm-hmm. anywhere. It's paralysis. Yeah. It's like they all come together and say, uh, when do you feel like screwing some people over? Uh, all year long. Okay. Number five is people on bicycles. Hey, if they don't follow the law, yeah. they're weaving in and out, drifting into a live lane of traffic, that sort of thing. Yeah, I get it. Totally. People who text and drive was number six. Okay. I think by and large, though, the vast majority of people have given up on that. I don't see nearly as many people driving with a phone in their hand anymore. Mm-hmm. I think the police have given out enough tickets that people are starting to get the message. Yeah, like it's not worth it. I think everybody knows that. Weaving in and out of lanes, highly annoying. Number eight, trying to find parking. Yeah. Can I suggest, though, that the whole parking thing, you should probably research before you go where you're going to park when you get there. If you are not someone who typically drives to Niagara Falls, for example, but you want to go to a specific restaurant, there's all kinds of lots. You should look into which one you want to park in so you don't have to drive around aimlessly That's and true. stop, or start. Exactly, or quickly turn somewhere you're not supposed to be. And yeah. Number nine is speed bumps. They're making speed bumps much bigger than they used to. Yeah, they are. <laughs> They're like speed bumps on steroids. You have to slow down. If you don't, you'll be a story. And it's gonna that like on, that they do that on purpose though. It's it's areas where you gotta be driving slow. It's honestly gonna like rip the bottom of somebody's car off if you go over too fast. So yeah, I get it. A little brighter shade of yellow would be nice too, because sometimes they're a little hard to see. That's es- so true, especially in the winter time. Like you said, and our winters are so rough too that by the time the spring rolls around, even the paint's already gone from the thing too. So it is hard to to see some of it. Number ten, cats. Number one, people who drive slow in the left lane. So that's the top 10, but there's got to be things that didn't make the list that drive you crazy. And it's different for everybody. This person says, nothing grinds my gears more than when somebody comes into my lane in front of me and proceeds to slow down or apply the brakes. Mm-hmm. Like have oh, the, the brake tappers. The brake tappers. Like they've never heard of keeping up with the flow of traffic. Uh, that's from Cam. Cam, no, people are idiots. That's the thing. <laughs> This is mine too. This was so I said that mine was a tie. One of them was the left lane slow down, slow people drives me nuts. Another one is people who can't navigate around about properly. That one coming into thinking I cringe when I drive down Franklin in Cambridge. Yeah, absolutely. I hear you. Everyone does. Don't feel alone. It's not that hard. They paint the damn arrows on the damn road. Just follow along. <laughs> 
It's a language for all, arrows. <laughs> we uh, weren't confident that everybody could read it, so we put it in pictures. Yeah, absolutely. That's That explains roundabouts. Follow the arrows. Uh, this person says, I was just behind a driver that left the 401 eastbound lane, going slow, matching the speed of a driver in the middle lane. After a few minutes of them not getting it, I had to change lanes over to the far right lane. From me to that driver, screw you. Yeah. I, I don't blame you. We're passing on the screw you, you for to, you. And when you have to pass somebody on the right lane, like, why don't people understand? That's not what it's how it's supposed to move. But people do it because there's other slow drivers in the left lane. Uh-huh. I'm not saying it's okay, but I get it. Yeah, sure. Uh, when people block entrances and exits to parking lots and you can't get out. And then they, or when they race to a red light instead of stopping to let you go. Mm. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I get it. There's a lot of them. Can I, I, I get it. Can I add one more to this list? Mm-hmm. And I had forgotten about it, but now I'm reminded. As traffic gets worse and worse and worse, people want to get where they're going as quickly as possible. So lately, new trend for 2020. Mm-hmm. There's way too many people creeping out into the intersection so they can make the left turn on a yellow. And when they do that, the light is as long as the light's going to be. So that ends up that you have to make that left-hand turn on a red. And you think it's okay because you crept out into the intersection just enough. Right. But you hold up everybody else sure. that's got to go through the Especially intersection. Especially when it's busy and there's a ton of cars. If you don't think you can make it through that intersection before the light turns red, don't try and creep out there just because I want to. Oh, mm-hmm. I can make it on this one. Yeah, traffic's bad. It's volume. That's the Screw the you. I've been waiting in this left lane for so long. I deserve it. I deserve right? to hold up everybody else. Yeah. It's just the way. I was watching this great video on the weekend. It's from Nadia Bacotti. She's an Australian relationship coach. What do you take, by the way, to become a certified relationship coach? Is that just a lot of psych courses in the university? Think, you know what? Yeah, I would imagine that a lot of psych, um, that, that type of thing. Sure. She says... There are eight things to keep in mind if you get a second or third date. First date, anything could happen. You got to find out if you're compatible. If you get a second or a third date, it means the other person thinks there's a little bit of potential. That's where you've really got to pay attention to details. Can I tell you what Nadia's top eight rules are? Yeah. Number one, be polite to the waiter or waitress. Uh, yeah, that should be for anybody, anytime, all the time. Manners are huge, and the other person will notice if you are rude. So that's rule number one. Number two, don't neglect your oral hygiene. I don't know somebody who goes out on a date and, and eats a ton of garlic before they do or doesn't brush their teeth or whatever before that date. How do there are people who totally neglect their oral hygiene before they go on a date? I guess I guess so. I mean, it wouldn't be a rule if there weren't people doing it. Number three, ask questions. Ask questions of the other person. Now, how invasive are we talking here? When you as personal as possible, like right down to where are you at in your cycle? The whole thing. I make it as invasive as possible. You know what I mean? Like there's certain things that you do really want to know though that might be a deal breaker for you. It's a personal question. It's a personal answer. But can we not save each other some time here? Because if you answer this and I'm on team that, we got we to gotta just end this right here. And let's not waste any more money or time. Let's just move along. There's also some strategy to it. If you remember to ask questions, it cuts down on the amount of time you spend talking about yourself. 
which can be a put off for some people. It also makes the other person feel heard and mm, valued. Good point. If you ask a lot of questions. Good point. Yeah. Number four, don't speak over her. Whatever you do on a date, make sure you don't get so excited and carried away that you start talking over top of them. Let them finish without Yeah, that's a good idea. And that, what a great idea. That's a good one. A good that's a good point. Stop that. I like oh that. God. <laughs> don't comment on what they're eating. That's a definite oh, no-no. That is a no-no. I don't like that no matter who it is, but especially on a date. That would be infuriating if they were like, really? You're going to use that sauce with that? Or... Ew, you like this medium rare? You're a vegan? You're, yeah, you're not eating, you don't eat meat? Just shut up and eat your food, man. No discussion about the food. Number six, don't get wasted. You've broken that rule. <laughs> I already know. I you broke, broke that, that rule last week. <laughs> Another martini here, please. <laughs> It's normal to take things a bit too far on a date because of nerves. Just be careful you don't get absolutely wasted. She recommends having two drinks and no more. Two drinks and no more. Okay, that's a good general rule for most people. She says if you get too drunk, it indicates that you are insecure and that you need alcohol for a date. Yeah, it can really come off the wrong way. I agree. Number seven. There's two more on this list of of you got to keep these in mind when you're getting to your second date. Don't overshare. The date is a good opportunity to get to know each other. It's not an opportunity to go in depth about your ex. But you, sh- oh yeah, that's it's, a good one. It's not an opportunity to go into how many people you've slept with and all that sort of oversharing stuff or that even, can backfire. Even like a, oh, last night, I was on the toilet for way too long. <laughs> Or, hey, you want to see this scar? Now, hang on a second. Let me undo my belt. This is great. Anything like that. No, 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 no. Oversharing. Number eight is going to be the one that we've been having conversations about for years. But gentlemen, do not let her pay the bill. Hmm. Pay the bill. Uh, The flip side to that is, ladies, if he wants to, let him pay the bill. It just makes things go easier if you let them pay the bill. So I know there's people listening right now that have been on dates. Some of you, lots of dates. Mm -hmm. Give us another one that should be on this list. What is missing from this list that should be there? The rules to make sure that you secure another date. We've already got be polite to the server. Don't neglect oral hygiene. Don't forget to ask questions. Don't speak over them. Don't comment on what they're eating. Don't get drunk. Don't overshare. And let him pay the bill. What else should be on there? Mm -hmm. We had eight can't break rules. But we know there's more. More that should be on the list. And the amount of texts coming in is crazy at 519-571-BEAT. This one says, hey guys, texting regarding not to do on a date here. Asking how you feel about signing a prenup. On the, you would do yeah. that on a first, second, or third Who, date? N- y- no, no. Keep your eyes on her face, this text says. Oh, yeah. Eyes are up here. Uh-huh. Amanda, great one. Don't be on your phone the entire date. 
Okay, so that one gets me all the time. I have to make an effort to keep my phone mm-hmm. put away because you if not, I are, will glance. You have a phone addiction. I do. Without a doubt. And a lot of people do. And to make it worse, my watch is also my phone. So they come to my wrist every now and again. And I have I've, to. <laughs> I've got to just, I should just put my phone in do not disturb. I always have to be that person to tell Scott in a meeting. It looks like you're looking at your watch like let's end this meeting. <laughs> but he can't help himself when the alert goes off. He wants to know who's calling or texting or emailing or whatever. Some people just can't help themselves. Uh, this person says, make sure to actually talk and share something. I went on a date with a guy and he barely said a thing. It was awkward. Yeah, that's from Jess. Jess, that's horrible. That is horrible. Share a little bit about yourself. Say something. You can't leave the conversation for them to do the heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. It's got to work both ways. This one says, don't expect to get laid. Is that fair? Yeah, I'm just crossing it off my list. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Basic manners. No burping. Who's doing this? Somebody did that on a Who's date. Who's doing that? Really? That's horrible. Huh. A couple ones for phones coming in too. I have a feeling this is a this is a problem today. People who just can't help themselves are on their phone. Mm-hmm. Are, are any of those people still on like Tinder swiping during their date? Trying to multitask and get to the next one? Or Wouldn't like, surprise me. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me. And because of that, there's a lot of people who are juggling multiple mm-hmm. dates at once. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's a problem. Should we live together first or should we wait until we get married and then move in together? A lot of couples have that discussion, maybe early on in the relationship. Hey, if there's a chance that we're going to get married, should we try it out first? Should mm-hmm. we live together So there's a new study, about 100 couples participated, and it was published in the Journal of Sex Research. Oh, all right. They found living together before marriage actually has a bit of a negative impact on your sex life. Couples who lived together before they got married had less satisfying sex once they actually did get married. Hmm. There was also a higher divorce rate after five years of marriage. But one sexologist who is providing the contrary to this. How do you get to be a sexologist, by the way? Because I feel like I've been doing that all along. I just need initials. I think there are school. There is schooling involved. Says this study is painfully deceiving. When someone lives with their partner prior to getting married, they have access to sex. So that's why early on, there's not an increase in frequency when they actually get married. Access to sex. (laughs) When it comes to people's sex lives, she warns, people aren't really, this study isn't really applicable to the general population. Living with someone comes with a responsibility and the general stresses of life. And you prioritize things. If you don't cohabitate before marriage, marriage is the first time you have 24-7 access to your partner and it's new. So if you're thinking, well, if we actually get married, we're going to have less sex, eh, that would happen in time anyway. It has really nothing to do with the marriage itself. But if you want to do it purely by the numbers, they say it'll be less frequent and less satisfying. Let's not forget the amount of people that do it to save money. Sure. There's a lot of people that are going, why are you paying this much in rent? And I have a house. I'm paying a mortgage. Don't you just want to get in on this and then hope for the best? 
if you pay two grand a month and I pay two grand a month, how about we each pay one grand a month right? and spend the money on new cars? We're so, or, splitting all the bills, the hydro, the water. We're splitting everything. There's a lot of practicality to it. There's probably a lot of people that would have a roommate if they had the desire to go out and get one. It definitely cuts down on costs. One in five single people think Valentine's Day should be canceled, according to a new survey. <laughs> well, I don't think it'll ever be canceled. I'm sorry. But specifically single people. So automatically people who are listening right now are thinking, oh, it's because they don't have somebody. But if they had somebody, they wouldn't want it canceled. No, I'd kind of like so? to deep six it as well. Well, it's just a thing. It's just a, it's there. There's really nothing to Valentine's Day. No, but you make it what you want to make it. I'm going to make it this year because it's a Friday. <laughs> Any other time. Right. Those Tuesday Valentine's days are the worst. No. Everything's all haphazard and thrown together. Sure. No, thank you. But if you think about it, if about 50% of us are single and one in five of them want it canceled, that's a pretty substantial number. 43% of single people say they feel a ton of pressure to get into a relationship when Valentine's Day comes around. That's horrible. I'm here to tell you, stop feeling that pressure. Absolutely. You just go and and tuck yourself in nice and tight and have yourself a great time on your own. Do that. You could do that. And you know what? And I've, I've said it I've said it for years. I don't like these like forced, hey, today's the day you got to celebrate this. It's about love and da 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 da. I've been in love with my husband. We've been together 15 years. We never celebrate Valentine's Day, okay? We have our own days that we'll celebrate. Sure. Yeah. But don't give in to the hype. What's the best part about Valentine's Day? Enjoy the sale on the chocolate and all that fun stuff. Hey, you want stuffed animals? February 15th, everybody. That's when you get a stuffed animal for half price. It's great. Oh, and they're selling them everywhere. I was at Shoppers yesterday, and they had a bin of stuffed animals. And, okay, that's fine. I guess people might go into Shoppers to get a card or get some some chocolates. So grab your stuffed animal, one-stop shop. I was at the movies on Sunday, and they had a bin of stuffed animals that they were selling. And I thought, why is Cineplex trying to sell me a Valentine's Day present that has nothing to do with movies? They're all going to jump on it. Everybody just jumps on that bandwagon of Valentine's Day. Yes, it's about making money. And if you enjoy celebrating it, okay, fine. But I, I feel bad for those who feel pressured like that. Commercialization, advertising, and social media hype are the top three reasons people do not like Valentine's Day. And that is why... 12% of single people are quite content to spend it with a pet. Yeah. You get right? yourself a dog. That's right. And give your dog a little treat. We used to do that with Leo before we had kids. And now with the kids, I'll give them a Valentine's Day gift, you know? Yeah, why not? Yeah. You celebrate or celebrate with a close friend of yours. Do Go it. out for the anti-Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day. Take advantage of those, like some of the restaurants too. They're giving away great deals. Go out with your friend and enjoy those deals. Split a bottle of wine with your friend. Screw it. Have your own bottle of wine. <laughs> Good luck getting into a restaurant on Valentine's Day. Yeah, it is a Friday, isn't it? Yeah, yeah this year's yeah, going to yeah, be yeah, a yeah, busy yeah. one. Busy, busy. But that's okay. I go back to my earlier recommendation. You just climb into bed and have a great time on your own. Hey, now. Quiet night. Quiet night. With a bottle of wine like Kat suggested. <laughs> a whole bottle. This is a pretty comprehensive new survey. They asked people about the mundane things that they have to do at the office. And one of the most shocking things that came out of this mm -hmm. was that on average, we spend about three hours a day at work doing 
stupid stuff that could easily be automated. Data entry is the world's most hated task. Oh, even the words when you say data entry. Ugh. They say manually inputting data into a computer or other devices, followed closely by managing email traffic, were the worst tasks. Everything from filling out documents to spreadsheets, pasting images into PDFs, etc. The worst jobs that you can do. Millennials were most likely to agree that it interferes with their productivity and they could be using their time better. It's one of those love-hate things, though. I mean, you're saying this is the kind of thing that could probably be done automatically and whatnot, but then we're also possibly losing jobs doing it that way. Well, and this is the downside. If there's that many people saying, I shouldn't have to do this, we could automate this process. Maybe they need a few less employees if they automate the process. This is the thing. 40% of a person's day is spent on manual, digital, administrative processes. 75% of workers say they shouldn't spend time on tasks that can be automated. Ooh, careful what you wish for. Yeah. So I've got the top five, the ones that we hate doing the most. Manual data entry is number one by far. Managing the email flow, that's number two. Oh. I can't tell you how many times I get into a groove and I've got my stuff going on and everything is great. And I keep hearing the bing, bing, bing. What? What is so important? Why am I being copied on all this nonsense? And it's fine if it concerns you, but it's those ones that are so generic that that aren't even meant for you at all or your department at all. And it's like, do I have to be copied on that? And then does that person have to reply all? And then does that person have to reply all back to everybody about that one question that one person wondered? Yeah. Organizing digital files into the right folders. Kat and I do a lot of that every yeah. single day. I guess if I had to pick one thing, that might be it. It's pretty boring. It's boring. It's not exciting. Oh. It's not fun, but R- it's got to be done. I got like a hundred different windows I, open. I'm not know, surprised. It's, it's got to be done. Compiling reports is number four. I actually like doing reports. If somebody asks me to put together a report on, let's say, for example, how many people are listening to the Beat Breakfast. I'm all about it. You're the guy. You're the guy. I'll say, you do that, Scott. I will present it in person. I will give you (laughs) geography and statistics and the whole nine yards to prove that we're number one. Uh, Number five, managing invoices. Okay. If you work with Uh, the money and you're in charge of getting the money through the door, that's a tough task. Mm -hmm. I always screw everything up on my home business with that, too. I'm like, what number of invoice am I on? And I keep track, but sometimes I can't keep actually keep track, and I forget to write things down. And I'm like, "Eh, it's probably at 404. I'll just do 404. That invoice number can't possibly be taken at this point. I got to tell you, though, when it comes to that sort of thing, particularly managing invoices, tracking expenses, there's apps now that are just as good as software that I remember distinctly paying like Mm -hmm. $500 for Mm -hmm. back in the day. Now you can just do it on your phone. In fact, you can scan receipts and it'll put it in the right categories for you. It's pretty handy. Generate an invoice on the go and then send me my money. So here's our question to you. What's the worst part about your job? The worst part about it? Is it data entry? If you work in maybe a, a restaurant, is it the dishes? Is it the... Uh, what? What is it that drives you crazy about your job? Customers. 
customers suck. Some people hate that part. Even though it's the main part of what they do, it's just, it's the worst part at the same time. Talking about the things you hate doing the most at work. This because of a new study that says the vast majority of us absolutely loathe manual data entry. Yeah. Every time you say the words manual data entry, I'm like... It just sounds boring, doesn't it? Here's a text. Guys, I hate it when I've got a good workflow going. I'm being really productive. I got a good headspace. And then a coworker comes in being negative and bringing distractions because they're bored. Mm. (laughs) Oh, you're bored. Okay, well, I got a lot on the go here, so give me a few. And you have a couple types of people, either the people that kind of let you do your thing, work, and then read you and realize, okay, I think I, you have a moment here. Let me chat with you. Or you have the people that just pop their head in and don't care that you're uh, clicking and clacking away and you're kind of focused. I get that. Uh, this one says, pretending on a daily basis that my job takes eight hours to do when I could actually do it in two. Okay. So I wonder how many people fake their way through a full eight hour day knowing full well they can do their job in two, but they don't want to let anybody know. Because they don't want to lose the hours. Of course. If you could go to your boss and say, okay, so listen, here's the reality. I'm going to save you a little bit of money here. This eight hour day that you're paying me for, I can actually do it in two. So if you just pay me for eight, I'll just stay home for the other six and not waste the electricity. <laughs> Never in anyone's dreams. Wouldn't the boss like to know though? Oh, it's really not that hard. Sometimes the boss doesn't know your job. And if the boss doesn't know your job, you can fake your way through anything. Absolutely. Uh, This one says, I do deliveries on a daily basis. So crappy drivers are at the top of my list. I'll bet. I'll bet. And parking cops. Those guys are the worst. The the worst. Uh, Oh, here's another one for inconsiderate commuters. Yeah. So the commute. Yeah. It's a quality of life issue. I firmly believe that. If, if it takes you an hour to get to work and then again home, for what on a maybe a Saturday morning would regularly be a half hour drive, that's an extra hour a day you're spending in the car that you could be at home, you could be relaxing, mm-hmm. you could be uh, doing home renos, you could be cleaning, you could be doing any number of yeah. things, spending time with your family. I mm-hmm. hate that the commute is so bad, but it's all to do with, with traffic and sure. bad drivers. Sure. I'll read uh, one more here. They say, I don't know if this counts, but I've done this so many times. I give my boss a great idea. She beats it to shreds. Later in the week, she brings up the same idea as if she thought of it herself. Really? <gasps> that happens often? That must piss you off. But take, you also want to keep your job at the same time. That's tough. Taking credit for other people's work is something we learned very, very early in school. Oh, rude. It's plagiarism. Yeah, man. So there's a couple of different things happening on TikTok right now that make me a little hesitant to jump right into the TikTok pool, mm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. I haven't joined either. Number one, there are people who are doing this breakfast cereal thing where you get a mouthful of cereal and then your partner will eat the cereal out of your mouth. Okay. All right then. Well, we've just we've just gone downhill. There's also another one where they swear you have taste buds actually all over your body, not just on your tongue. So with that in mind, you in theory could taste things not just in your mouth. So people have for example been pouring soy sauce on their privates and they swear they can taste it. 
So now a doctor has weighed in who says, and I quote, just because you have taste buds in that area doesn't mean you can physically taste those flavors. Your body might receive it, but you won't have a perceptive taste of sweet, sour, or whatever flavor. Not true, says the people who have tried it. Do you have any soy sauce at home? Yeah. And would you? That's what I'm wondering. That's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering when the next rocket ship to wherever the hell I can go other than this planet, when it's leaving, Ah. what time I should be ready, because I just can't anymore. Funny, SpaceX just tested one this weekend. Right. And it worked. Good. So we're getting closer, Kat. Fantastic. We're getting closer. Get me out of here. Now, listen, I just want to point out here that this is not recommended, but if you did try it, if you this weekend saw that on TikTok and thought, I don't know. Pour some sweet and sour sauce on my junk and see if I can taste it. I'd like to know if you actually could taste it or if this is just a weird ruse to make you pour condiments all over your genitals. Why don't you just do it? Try it for yourself. We're seriously lacking in condiments around here. It's shocking, really. Oh, don't do it here. No. Oh, there's a bathroom down the hall. Oh, no. I'm going to go and stick some mustard on my dick and see you know, what happens. There's a colonoscopy clinic down the hall. It's not the worst <laughs> thing these washrooms have seen. I'll just put it that way. It wouldn't be the worst. <laughs> Let's talk about Valentine's Day for just a sec. It is just over a, uh, two weeks away. Coming up on the 14th of February this year. <laughs> Sorry. It's on a Friday this year, though. That's kind of fun, isn't it? Yes. And a long weekend. Isn't that our long weekend? It is the family yeah. day long yeah. weekend. You're absolutely That's great. right. Love. Three, day Three days of love. So let's take you out to the West Coast here. It is Hotel Zed with locations in Victoria and Kelowna. And by the way, with some of the cheap airfare you can get out of Hamilton right now, like they've even got some like $20 flights. It's crazy on swoop. Wow. So I'm not considering the fact that it's on the West Coast for this to be unattainable because it's cheap to get there. So here's the deal at Hotel Zed right now. They're calling it their Valentine's Day Nooner from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. You can book a room. It just for those just four hours. A four hour reservation. Hmm. 59 bucks for that four hours of quiet, alone time in their hotel. They want you to come and experience a nooner. Let's go. But there's a twist. If you stay at Hotel Zed as part of their Valentine's Day nooner, you've paid your 59 bucks, you're checked in from 10 till 2. And she happens to get pregnant. You will get a free room on Valentine's Day every year for the next 18 years. But you have to find a sitter for the remaining time. <laughs> okay, sitter on There's Valentine's additional Day. additional costs here because you ain't going to bring your kid with you on Valentine's Day to the hotel. Just keep that in mind. Some people might. I'm going to save a few bucks in a hotel, but I have a baby. That won't cost anything. Some people might bring the baby, put them to sleep, and do what parents normally do if they'd be at home. Hey, it's nice to be in somebody else's uh, hotel for a change. Let them make the bed, bring you room service and stuff. I'm just saying that future Valentines, plans are made. If she happens to get pregnant. Would you send your pee test to them? No. So it's legitimately, if you have a baby, roughly nine months after Valentine's Day, and you did happen to have been at the hotel this year on Valentine's Day, you get the promo. I've got all the details up right now at scottandcat.ca. 
doing the math here, March, April, May, June, July, August, September. It's going to be about September. October, November. So it'd be roughly a December baby if you conceive on Valentine's Day, wouldn't it? November, December is likely when you'd give birth. Uh, maybe a little earlier than that. So then you just go back to the hotel and say, hey, look at this. I got a kid right here. And I was there on Valentine's Day and it's your fault. Not only do I want a hotel room every year for Valentine's Day, I want child support too. <laughs> yeah, what else? I'm interested you in the other things. You and your comfy beds and fluffy pillows. I don't know. I don't know, man. Trust me. Would you have a kid? Eh. I mean, if you're going to plan to have one anyway, sure. Yeah, do it. They say, I never want to get a lame Valentine's gift. So we created the Nooner to offer a Valentine's Day to remember with the added possibility of a free stay for the next 18 years. A romantic Valentine's night on us became a new annual tradition for lucky couples. It beats a sale on a box of chocolates or another bouquet of flowers. You can bring your kid there one day. This is where you were conceived, right here on this bed. Right there in the chair. Horrify your child. That a hundred other people sat on It could have been on, on the desk, maybe on the, you know, hotels are gross. Take a look at the shower. That's oh, where you came that's from. That's gross, yeah. There's uh <laughs> You were not down the drain. You made it. Good for you. I'm trying to figure out when check-in is at this hotel, because if check-in for Valentine's night is like, say, 3 p.m., there was somebody legit just in this room, and if you took that room on Valentine's Day, you only took it for one reason. No, I don't trust it. I don't trust it. I don't trust hotels. Not bad. Anytime you can get a room for 60 bucks, that's fairly inexpensive. Hotel Z, if you want to look it up, or I have tweeted out the info at Scott Fox on Air and at 915 The Beat. Want to switch gears here? On Twitter, good discussion happening about the most unbelievable thing that's ever happened to you. And this is great. One guy started it, and people are just piling on with their stories. Daisy from Florida had a dating disaster. She says, I met a cute guy on Tinder. We got to the date. He didn't have hands. He photoshopped the hands into his profile picture. He photoshopped picture. the hands. He didn't. How did he do it without hands? He photoshopped hands into the picture. She didn't find out until they were actually there in person. He's handless. Muriel. Okay. Is she not interested anymore? I guess not. Or she was shocked in any case. Muriel says, I tried saving myself from the embarrassment of having been caught naked at a house viewing by a realtor and a potential buyer by pretending to be dead. They walked in. They were taking a look around her house. (laughs) That's extreme. Yeah. She just like laid there and pretended she was dead rather than have to face them naked in the house. This is one from Toronto from Dominic. I underwent an exorcism as a teenager. <laughs> How bad were you that your Whoa. parents thought we better get this kid an exorcism? Whoa. <laughs> One person reveals, I turned down the chance to work with Taylor Swift when she was young because I didn't think she was going anywhere. <sighs> when Taylor was like 12, her father asked me to build her a website. Our fathers were friends and I had learned web design. I blew him off because I was busy. And while talented for her age, this girl Taylor wasn't going anywhere. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, Lennox Lewis weighed in on this conversation. He says, there was a time when I became the undisputed heavyweight boxing champion of the world. Mm -hmm. But my mom still made me clean my hotel suite before we could check out. (laughs) (laughs) 
Good. That's great. That's fantastic. 